He just sent it to me. Alright, I'm gonna pull that off. What time is it? Game time! Boo! I need some old Trapper. Don't give up, it's a brand new day. You're listening to WRUULP Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org, Savannah Soundings, Community Radio with Global Soul. Hey, what's up? You're listening to Bring It In, and I'm your host, Glenn Pierce. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bring It In Show for all your sports questions and comments. The viewpoints expressed in the following program are not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff. Hey, what's going on, guys? Happy Memorial Day. You're listening to Bring It In with Glenn Pierce, and I got the Bring It In crew with me today. We got Jamie from Savannah in studio today. What's going on, Jamie? Great to be here, Glenn. Happy weekend. Uh, Nice to be in studio one time with you. Yeah, nice to have you. And joining us on the Zoom call since the... uh, COVID-19 pandemic started. We have Chris from Delaware and Jeff from Baltimore. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing awesome. Loving it. Great day. Nice, nice, nice. Good weather up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we. Uh, it's a little cloudy right now, but it's supposed to clear up. Awesome. I just want to say thanks to all of our, uh, all our forces out there, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines. Thank you. Yeah, that's, it's it's very important. Thank you uh, for your service. Um, and um, so here here we are today. We're actually one of the only sports shows that's rocking with the original cast today. Everybody else on the uh, big stations, they got the day off. But we're going to bring you an awesome show today. And um, man, did you guys catch some of the... Uh, the action this week um before before we get into that i mean i'm i was a little lost last night at about nine o'clock and i'm guessing you were too chris uh first weekend without uh the last dance yeah i was twiddling my thumbs (laughs) it was it was it was tough um but man the big thing was uh yesterday we had the the match as they call it. Um, it was Tiger Woods uh, with Peyton Manning, Tom Brady with uh, Phil Mickelson, and man, to start it out, Tom Brady did not look good. Um, he looked like he was uh, lucky that he had been protected so many years by the Patriots organization not letting him not letting him do anything he gets out and he's like oh man I made a terrible decision Charles you know, Barkley it was funny Glenn they uh in the pre or before the uh match actually started Tom was out playing like a full round of golf in the morning he was hitting like hundreds of balls on the driving range he's like come on man you're wearing yourself out you're, you're giving up all your good shots right now but uh yeah he uh he struggled to start yeah, so he played a round of golf before he even went yeah, out there yesterday. Oh man, that's that's kind of rough. I'm not trying to play two two rounds. Again. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that for those guys that are in shape. <laughs> man, even being even being in shape, what's a round of golf take uh, about three hours or so? Yeah, typically. Okay. Yeah. So. Man. I'm bad. Tom Brady did show he is human. Like, it made me feel good. Like, yeah, I need to get out there. You know, I can do yeah. better than Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you might be able to. Um, it, I I thought it was extremely funny. Um, Charles Barkley was, he was just ribbing Tom Brady the whole time. 
he was challenging him to uh, to a match of golf. He he was gonna give him strokes. He was like, "How many strokes you want, Tom? I, I, I want to see you." That was classic Barkley, man. He was hilarious, and then Peyton Peyton was awesome too. He was cracking me up the whole time. Yeah. Didn't didn't Charles Barkley bet Tom Brady like oh, two hundred thousand go to donation if you can make the green? <laughs> yeah, hundred thousand I think. Might have been fifty. Was yeah, that the yeah. Was that yeah, the yeah. shot that he dropped it? Dropped it in? No. Oh, okay, no. I, I wasn't sure. Um, it was before that hole. I think a par three. He didn't even he, he couldn't hit a green or a, a fairway to save his life. First front nine. All right, and he was he was giving it to him and. Once Tom Brady, he hit a really good shot. If you're anywhere on social media or just online looking around, I'm sure you're going to see it. Um, and he hit it, and then he just starts going back at Charles Barkley. How's that? How's that? You like that? <laughs> that was awesome. That was a great shot. And, uh, and then the incident of the, the pants splitting on Tom. Oh, same hole. <laughs> when he went down to get his... Uh, man, another thing that shows you Tom Brady is human. If Tom Brady's pants can split on him when he bends down, hey, it's not so bad for the rest of us. That's <laughs> funny. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it was... It, was uh, it, it, it got competitive. What was funny is when... When they were doing those alternating best ball shots, you know, so if I was to shoot and then, you know, Jeff was to shoot, whoever had the best drive, okay, we're playing my shot. Now Jeff would have to oh. got on the green. Tiger was on the green. It was like had the same kind of lay on the green, but was closer, uh, was farther away than uh, Peyton, and they gave him the putt so Peyton couldn't, or so t- Tiger couldn't get the lay and hit it first to see how it rolled and they were like well, we'll give you that shot tiger and they just picked it up and tossed it to him i was like oh that's hilarious yeah i thought it was funny a lot, of, a lot of gamesmanship going on for sure yeah um when tiger hit a ball out on the green and it's sitting there i can't remember who he was talking to but he was like hey he was like you want to get up there and move your ball so i don't accidentally hit it and tiger was like if you hit my ball I'll give you this hole. And they're like, okay. And I, I mean, from looking at my TV, it looked like it was like an inch from hitting Tiger's ball. And everybody was like, as it was coming in, holding their breath, like, oh, oh, he's about to do it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So in um, some other news, the NCAA Division I uh, sports have given um, students the the um, okay to resume activity to start coming into uh, onto campuses. Um, so it looks like I mean it looks like we're gonna have uh, students student athletes at college so far. I've been hearing some things that they might try to still. <laughs> still do the um the actual scholastic academic part of college online to start off the year but it it looks like athletes are going to be able to start showing up to their schools and getting ready so um i think it's all in an effort to help save college football because um I was reading something earlier this week that if college football is not played this year, then like so many other sports in college are going to just crumble away. And, fo- and, and it's unbelievable the amount of money that's brought in by football, basketball. Football, I think, the most in college. But these schools, they're going to be broke if they don't, if they don't get these sports playing. I mean, there's no no question about it. I, I, I'm sure they can all survive with, with donations and all from their uh, alumni, but the amount of money is just unreal that's brought in. I don't know if anyone has the figure, but... Uh, it's billions, it's got, for it's sure. It's got to be in the billions. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Maybe yeah. $4 billion or $5 billion a year. I don't know. What would be a reasonable Great. number on that? I mean, it's, it falls down to money. Um, Not, yeah, not just... Not just... Not just uh, 
to keep the money going into the people at the high levels of the schools but i mean the the, the money that that gets spread around like you're saying is it's it's so much um they're gonna they're gonna be a lot of problems with uh title nine just keeping things afloat but like i said um they're gonna be trying to at least get um football and and sports back in college as as the start um over in England, they're still trying to figure out what to do with soccer. They're, they're still committed to having uh, English Premier League uh, season, even though we've had a couple, um, I want to say, six to nine players within the last uh, week and a half, two weeks, have tested positive for COVID-19. But the uh, Women's Super League, the english women's league they've decided to uh, cancel their season so their championships their their league has been canceled um it, it's just so crazy how it's just popping like i just keep going back to how small like europe is and and the difference different choices they're making over there like they had a uh another another weekend of soccer in germany so um that's that's rolling and we got we got certain um certain ways that we're looking at starting things up um the nba has been talking about doing a little making like disney world their biodome almost like a little bubble like they have everything they need the courts the espn's wide world of sports they're just gonna quarantine everybody for two weeks and then start bringing them in, and uh, that they're in talks to do that for the basketball season. Um, the uh, MLS, they're talking about um, <coughs> not necessarily starting their next, not necessarily starting the season back over, but just doing like down in Orlando, Florida, a uh, mini soccer tournament for the professional leagues which um i stand behind both of those were also the mlb released a 67 page um document this uh week about about getting back to sports where i mean the it's it's kind of mind-blowing um about how how many rules um i didn't actually read the the whole 67 pages i've read a bunch of um breakdowns of it but just the way that baseball players are gonna have to alter their their day-to-day -day routines i mean it, it's talking about some players get to the get to the stadium hours in advance and kind of hang out and just slowly get ready for the games and and now their their time limits they have to be there at a certain time they're not supposed to be hanging out around the clubhouse that much um so it's it's all kind of crazy um so actually today i wanted to welcome in hitting coach in the baltimore orioles organization tom eller is joining us on on zoom how's it going tom good man how you doing we're up, buddy we're doing well we're we're doing well um i have i have jamie from savannah in studio with me chris from delaware and jeff from baltimore yes they're familiar faces yeah they're joining me on the uh zoom they've been they've been jumping in and helping me out since this uh whole covid 19 um start happening um but i want to say uh last year was your first year with the orioles and uh you were assigned to the aberdeen Ironbirds, the short season team for them um after 12 years of coaching in the college level harford in maryland uh what would you say was the biggest change between coaching and college 
and then moving it up into the uh, minor leagues of professional ball? Uh, I mean, I would say the biggest change was that I don't make the lineup anymore, so I can't just, like, tell guys what to do and be like, all right, well, you know, if, it, if, if you don't want to do it this way, then, you know, I'll forget to write your name in the lineup. So, I mean, that's that was one of the big differences, but, um, you know, it was really good because you, you get so, so many really talented players. Because um, at, at junior college, you get kids that are really talented, but, you know, they're kind of rough around the edges. They, they need some polishing. And then all of a sudden you get to, you know, Aberdeen and you have, or even at Delmarva, because I started out at Delmarva um, in the beginning of the year, and you have first-round draft picks and, you know, top five-round draft picks that can basically do crazy things. You know, they're, they're super strong. They're, they're very athletic. They can move really well. They, they can pick up on things right away as soon as you talk to them about it. Um, whereas in junior college, it takes a little bit longer for it to process um, because, you know, they're just not familiar with moving certain ways so um so i would say that just the just the type of athlete you know that, that we were getting um far superior okay and i was looking at the um uh, the hartford when you were there and and before you were there i was looking at some of the records uh just going down the line really quick and it looks like the very first year you were there you uh you double you a little bit over doubled the uh, win column, um, so it it looks like you were uh, polishing those rough edges really yeah. well. How how did you uh, how did you reach that kind of uh, success in your very first year at a junior college? Well, I think they had won twelve games total in their previous three years combined, uh, and I when I got the job there, I didn't have. A chance to recruit at all. I, I got a couple kids that, you know, super late. Um, but, you know, I think we went six and zero in our first six games. And I was like, ah, oh, this is easy. Like this is, I don't, I don't know what these people are talking about. And then we ended up winning only thirteen games the rest of the year. So, um, you know, basically what we did was we we had a, a a goal set out, and we never kind of fell off that goal. We we always were talking about sending our student athletes to four-year schools to the highest level they possibly could play. And it was all about development because we didn't have a ton of scholarship money. Um, so that's w what our goal was. And that's kind of our sales pitch to guys. And that's how we started getting players that, that were more athletic and then we could build them into really good players. So uh, once we started getting good, then it was just a snowball effect. I mean, we, we were able to get some, some kids we had no business getting um, because they were D1 players, but maybe they didn't have the D1 uh, school that they wanted to go to um, so they would come to us you know and then we started sending guys to South Carolina Kentucky you know all over the place so um, yeah I mean it was just a snowball effect really I mean it was pretty cool to see happen yeah yeah it looked like I, I went I went to a couple of the games in the beginning when Tommy was coaching and it was really neat to watch him because he was bunting he was doing squeezes he was doing anything <laughs> to, do to get uh, runs on the board and it was amazing um because you don't see that style anymore and he brought that to the table and then he's like all right now we're just gonna start hitting bombs well a funny story about that was that when, when the new bats came out in 2010 2011 uh i was like dude we're never gonna hit a home run with these bats these bats are awful like i don't know what to do so like we started to adapt because we had a pretty athletic team that year so i was like all right we're just gonna put pressure on teams and we're gonna you know base it bunt everywhere um we ran the wristband card where it was basically I could directionalize bunts wherever I wanted them. Uh, we would, you know, fake bunt slash. We would do all kinds of crazy stuff. We'd double steal, fake bunt steal, you know, steal home, double steal, like crazy stuff. And uh, exciting. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we burnt teams on it. Like yeah. when you start putting pressure on, you know, teams that don't practice that kind of stuff or don't have great athletes, um, you absolutely destroy them. So. But then we started, the bats started getting a little bit better, and, and uh, I was like, all right, we have some pretty good athletes here. Like, I'm throwing this bunt in the trash can. We might keep it for, you know, certain times, but uh, I think the last couple of years, I think we bunted, like, maybe two times all year. So it was awesome following you on social media, watching you uh, uh, mention how many home runs you guys were hitting uh, in the last couple of years at, at Hartford. I mean, it was just unbelievable. You won uh, – a couple like head coaching uh, 
trophies or something also, didn't you? Yeah, one year I, I actually was down at Camden Yards. They, they gave me the uh, Maryland Amateur College Coach of the Year. So that was pretty cool. I got to accept the award there. Um, I was the region district coach um, a couple times. And then uh, the Maryland Juco coach, I think four or five times. Hard work, man. Congrats. Appreciate it. It was yeah. fun. Hell yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, who's got the best swing in the MLB right now? Mike Trout. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Trout's the man. Yeah, he does yeah. got a good one. I'm actually on a, uh, with, uh, what's his name? West Fox from Perryville. He, he did like this. He does a podcast and he he put together this uh, all time team from 1990 to, to 2020. He wanted me to pick my team. And, and I was like, well, can I have Mike Trout like at all three positions in the outfield in different years? Because he played those positions. And he was like, oh, can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that Try to wiggle it in. <laughs> so so this November, you were last year, you were with the Ironbirds. And I saw that they they finished third in home runs um ops and slugging percentage so they uh they raised you up into the frederick keys this year right yeah so last year we had uh we had two openings in for hitting coaches and i took the aberdeen job which obviously it's like you know half hour from my house so that's where i wanted to be and um they hired a guy at Delmarva, which is low season in Salisbury. And uh, he ended up uh, declining the job and they were kind of stuck late. So they were like, hey, would you mind going to Delmarva first and be with our low season team? And then once the draft happens, we'll move you to Aberdeen. I was like, yeah, sure. That's great. Um, so when I was at Delmarva, we had like, I think we had Grayson Rodriguez. We had Caden uh, Grenier. We had, you know, really, really good team. We we're the best team in baseball. Um, I think at one point we were like 26 and two. Um, we were leading the, I think we were now we were second in OPS. We were like third in home runs because that place is like a graveyard there. Um, and I mean, we were top in just about every offensive category. And then, um, yeah, then I went to, to Aberdeen and, um, you know, so I'm going to be with the same guys that I had at Delmarva at Frederick. So like, I'll have like Adley Rutschman. I'll have Grenier again. I'll have, Adam Hall, who's a second-round pick uh, out of high school, really good player. He's probably our best player last year. Um, you know, our pitching staff is Grayson Rodriguez, Blaine Knight from Arkansas, uh, basically the same staff we had at Delmarva. So we, we got a really good squad at Frederick. So um, I don't know what's going to happen, but kind of disappointed not to have all those guys right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet. Um, you, when you were down in spring training, um, are you – are you normally working with the guys you're going to be coming back up to Maryland with, or do they just mix all the guys up? Um, how's, how's that work when you're so like usually what they do is coach. they stick you on teams. So like I would be with the Frederick team. Uh, but this year we did a little different because we have an all new hitting staff. So we wanted to, and a new infield staff and like just new defense, new, new uh, coaching staff in general. So what we did was we, we wanted to keep guys in early on in their same position. So we wanted like all of our best shortstops and second basemen to stay together so they can kind of learn from each other. All of our corner guys that kind of stay together. Um, same thing with the outfielders, catchers. But yeah, before we got sent home, we would have started splitting up into teams. Um, and I would have had the same guys basically. Oh, okay. You know, I would have it Frederick. Okay. So who, who was working with uh, Chris Davis? Cause he's hitting bombs now. Uh, I don't know who was working with him. I know, I know he, uh, I know he was working with somebody out in California for a little bit, but, uh, yeah, he, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. We see will. what happens. We will he see. could use some Eller magic, I think, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Last year, last year I was at the, uh, big league camp and I was down for BP and, uh, I walked by him and I was like, what's up, man? And he just kept walking. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah so so what was the feeling around spring training as you guys started hearing at that like it's slowly popping up with covid cases out on the west coast i mean it it started out in uh washington and then moved to california and and 
we're over here. You were even further than I am from Washington. The whole, the whole pandemic start. You're down in Florida. What was the, um, what was the feeling around spring training and the coaching staff? Um, well, kind of like, I remember one night I was sitting watching the NBA game and they just canceled the game. So I was like, yo, this is like real, like what's going on here? And I, at, at first I was like, this ain't gonna last. Like there's no way. And uh, the next day we went to practice and we started, you know, we had our phones with us and we started seeing stuff pop up on Twitter, like saying like, you know, there's talk about canceling teams, canceling spring training, sending guys home. Um, actually, I don't think they said cancel spring training yet. They were just talking about sending guys home or quarantining. So I was like, all right, well, you know, we might get quarantined for like two weeks if somebody gets infected or whatever. So, um, then all of a sudden it kind of changed real quick and it was like, holy crap, like the Pirates just went home. The Atlanta Braves just went home. You know, these teams just went home. I was like, we're going to go home. Um, so then we found out um, they were going to like put everything on pause. We had like two or three days where, you know, we were off practice and everything. We didn't do anything. Um, so we were out playing golf and stuff like that. Honestly, we we felt that we would just be back, you know, next week. So when they sent us home, um, I got a flight out of there. I left all my stuff there, and pretty much everybody else did too. We left all of our stuff in the lockers. We were instructed to leave it there um, unless we wanted to take it, but because we'd have to come back either way. Yeah. Um, and then actually, you know, it's like what I'm keeping track of Milburn's. Uh, oh post. yeah. It's like it's quarantine day number seventy-five or something like that. So, yeah. um, you know, it's. It's wild. Like I have no Orioles stuff here. I have. I don't have a glove. I don't have anything. Like it's all in Sarasota. So um, it's wild. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen. If I don't see how, and I probably. I don't know if I should be commenting on this, but like I just don't see how minor league teams can have a season if they don't have fans. You know, being a sports yeah. manager major, like that's what they make their money on. It's, it's season tickets. So um, if you can't if you can't have people in the stands buying season tickets or, or tickets and concessions, like what are they gonna make their money on you know so it's like that's what we're kind of coming to the realization now is like you know we're not gonna have a season probably um you know we might we might have like a instructional league or something like that down in florida for a couple months but you know i don't even know if that will happen honestly because if somebody gets sick or whatever you know we're so confined together um that everybody's gonna get it you know it's just a matter of time yeah um what do you think that would potentially do to um, the development of of all these young players and just baseball in general without a uh, feeder system like the minor league, even if it is just uh, down one year? Well, I mean, honestly, I feel bad for all our minor league guys because, you know, the minor leagues, there's so much emphasis on age. So, like... You know, I'm sure you guys saw, we, we just released 37 guys and those 37 guys are on the older end of their scale. So for their, for their level. So if you're, if you're in Delmarva, which is low A and you're, you're 24, 25, 26 years old, like you're not going to be there much longer, you know, whether you, you either have to move up or they're going to find somebody younger that can you know get the job done. So that's just kind of the harsh reality of it. But, um, you know, think about all those guys that are on the bubble you know, for next year, but that this year was kind of their year to figure it out. You know, that 24 year old who is going to be at Frederick with me, who, you know, is a, is a pretty good player, but is he going to be able to to beat out somebody in double a next year? Um, you know, now they, now they're just going to be out a year. So it's going to be like, okay, well next year, if we play, we got to get rid of this guy because he's 25 and, you know, we haven't seen him in two years, basically. So I feel bad for that. Um, I think that the way minor league baseball is starting to turn, like you see reports of like teams drop or uh, them MLB cutting teams or whatever. What, what they've realized is that, that either way we, we can develop players in house. So like if we had a bunch of guys at our facility all year round, like we're going to be able to develop those guys just as well as playing games at Frederick or wherever else. Now we don't want to do that because we don't want to like, hurt the fan base or anything like that but um it's possible i think the astros are the ones that really push for that 
from the get-go. So, but who knows? I mean, I, I think that I just want to see it back. I, I really wish we were playing right now. Everybody, I think we I, all do, yeah. man. Yeah. Jeez, this is terrible. It, it's been great <laughs> to be home with my family. I, you know, I have a one, almost one-year-old. Um, so to be with him and, and see him crawl for the first time and, and he's starting to learn how to walk. Um, you got you know, him bombs it, yet? No, but I got a bat. I got a bat for him. Yeah. I throw it in there every, every day. So, um, but if I, you know, it's good to see all that kind of stuff. Um, but if if we were playing right now, I'd probably be in you know North Carolina somewhere, you know, Memorial Day. I don't actually. I don't even know what the schedule looks like. So who knows where I'd be? Yeah, I meant to look at the schedule because I know today today's normally a a huge day for baseball, and it kind of it's got us all looking at each other now, trying to figure out what's going on have you seen or read any snippets of the uh manual the mlb has put out with the rules and and regulations no nah, i mean i've seen like cliff notes on it as far as like you know and and i i i saw this coming like there's no way we could all be in the locker room together you know what i mean like yeah. there's no way like because unless you're going to quarantine guys and lock them up in their rooms all night like that's there's no way so i could see you know your hotel room being your locker room and like yeah you do guys doing their own laundry and everything like that so um or having it delivered or whatnot but guys showing up at the ballpark in dressed in uniform like it'd be really weird but um i mean i get it yeah it, it's it's what we have to start doing um you you cool to uh, stick around for one more segment after the uh, after our short break? All right. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Stick with us, and we'll be right back after these station notes. Hi, this is University of Georgia and Jacksonville Jaguar safety J.R. Reed, and you're listening to Bring It In with Glenn Pierce on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 1075FN, WRUU.org, Savannah Sounds, Community Radio with Global Soul. How many times have you heard WRUU's corporate underwriting message? If you remember it, then your potential customers remember your message as well. We are offering this space to connect corporate and institutional partners with our loyal and active listeners. Underwriting on WRUU is short, so listeners don't tune out. It's exclusive, so your message won't be lost in advertising clutter. And it supports Savannah's only community radio station. For a marketing package to increase your reach beyond traditional media, email underwriting at WRUU.org. Now... You have a chance to support both Savannah Independent Artists and WRUU during this shelter-in-place order to stop the spread of COVID-19. Creatives in Need is a group of independent artists hosted by the Roots Up Gallery, which is collaborating with WRUU during this shelter-in-place to offer an online art gallery at www.rootsupgallery.com. For every work of art sold at this online gallery, the artists receive 80% from the sales and 20% goes to WRUU and its programs like Art on the Air. Interested listeners can go to www.rootsupgallery.com to start shopping today. This is a message from the Georgia State Department of Public Health. There is a State of Georgia hotline people can call with questions or if they think they may have been exposed to the COVID-19 virus. It is 1-844-442-2681. If you believe you're experiencing symptoms of COVID-19 or have been exposed to the novel coronavirus, please contact your primary care doctor and urgent care clinic or your local federally qualified health care center. Please do not show up at an emergency room or health care facility unannounced. More information can be found at dph.georgia.gov. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. And I want to remind you guys, you're listening to Bring It In with 
Bring it in with Glenn Pierce on WRUU 107.5, as you may have just heard J.R. Reed told us, if you were listening. Um, and we are joined by Tom Eller, hitting coach for the Frederick Keys the, in the uh, Baltimore Orioles organization. Um, you still there? Everybody's still there? How's it going? Yep. Um, yeah, Coach, thanks for joining us here on Bring It In. Uh, glad to have you. I know you're familiar with uh, most of the panel here. Um, I'm a big baseball fan, played some college ball in my day, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, summer ball, summer bat league ball and uh, stuff like that. Um, I was curious about your hitting philosophy, doing a little research about you. You mentioned early on you sound like a great coach to play for with the small ball, having a little fun. You know, double stealing, things like that. That was one of the coaches I played for did did a lot of that. Um, but, again, as it was mentioned, you turned into sort of a power hitting, you know, sort of coach. Um, interested in your philosophy on that. Uh, do you study all, uh, you know, um, how, do you, how do you incorporate high walks and, and high home run totals? Are you, are you working with a swing plane? Uh, how, do you, how do you go about that? So it, it's kind of like a funny story because um, we, we like probably around 2013, we had like better athletes than some of the other teams, but some of the other teams were, were hitting more home runs than we were. So I was, I kind of got like offended by it. I was like getting mad about it being like, why are these guys hitting more home runs than us? So I started looking into like some different, different techniques. Um, and I ran into this video of this guy talking about, um, you know, the way the body works, the most efficient way, you know, how to get your swing off the fastest way. And it was a guy by the name of Chaz Pippett, who he owns Baseball Rebellion up in Durham, North Carolina. And um, I was like, yo, this makes so much sense. So I, I just stopped everything. I told, I pulled our team in one day, I think it was like early fall. And I was like, yo, we're changing everything that we do here, our entire philosophy. This is what we're doing. And we can kind of completely change it. So yeah. The, the way it works is your body works best using the kinetic chain. So like working from the ground up. So like my, my, my pelvis, my torso, my lead arm, and then and obviously my hands and my bat. So we want to work up that chain. So if you can think about like a, a good example would be like a, a NASA spaceship getting ready to go off at Cape Canaveral. So it goes off and it has the big rocket boosters on the side and it goes up in the air and then those rocket boosters burn out. So that's your torso or that's your pelvis. So your pelvis gives you that big boost up into the air and then the other rockets kick in and that's like your pelvis or your torso and your lead arm. So it continues to boost it up in the air. So um, if we use that kinetic chain and we can make our swing faster and more efficient with you. And what efficiency is, is, is basically like max power with the least amount of effort. So that's why like, you know, being a player, like you, you remember those swings. It was like, oh man, I feel like I didn't do anything right there and I crushed that ball. Um, that's having an efficient swing. So uh, we teach guys how to use their body properly. Um, and yeah, swing plane plays into that. I mean, obviously when I when I came up, I was always taught to like get on top of the ball and think, you know, down through it. Yeah, hands in and, through, um, throw the bat at the ball. That's actually the slowest way to possibly do that. So, and obviously if the pitcher's throwing the ball downhill, you know, on a six to eight degree angle we want to match that plane so that means that we should be swinging uphill six to eight degrees to match that plane so that if we are a little bit early we still catch it if we're late we still catch it so um that's kind of what we teach and, and the way the home runs come out i mean we talk to guys all the time about their fly balls and, and people kind of misunderstand like what fly balls are fly balls are anything that are in the air past the infield you know what i mean like a line drive is considered a fly ball um so what we talk about is like at the very least hitting the ball over the middle guy's heads. So over the shortstop's heads, over the second baseman's heads. And then if they, those guys have enough power or strength or whatever else, they're hitting the ball hard enough. Then we're like, okay, we'll elevate even more. Just continue to, to get to that. I mean, we talk somewhere around like, you know, anywhere from eight to 25 degrees, you know, just, and, and we'll put it up on a big launch monitor out, out in the outfield. Like, Jeff, you got that, uh, the screen with the stadium. Like we would put our track man data up there live oh, that's guys, cool. guys can hit the ball and they'll be like, Oh, okay. I hit that on a 25 at 95 miles an hour. And I'd be like, yeah, it's probably a hit. 
you know, I'm like, you have a 75% chance of that being a hit. So that's kind of how we train that. Um, I mean, the launch angle is just like, like a, a uh, outcome of, of our swing. So, you know, we want our guys attack angle, which is basically the way they're coming through the ball, you know, and it varies on different guys, but we want a positive attack angle to the baseball. So, um, and then if I turn efficiently, what happens is I can start to turn later because I turn faster. So now I can start to see pitches come out of the tunnel, you know, where a guy who moves slow sees everything right out of hand, but doesn't know what it is until super late where we can, we can, you know, basically turn fast and, and spin on pitches super late because we, we, we can get our swings off faster. Does that make sense? Well, that would certainly make sense into adding into the base on balls. If guys are getting that extra split second to, you know, get, get, yeah. get a look at the pitch. Um, do you have uh, some some instructions and things that you've passed on for these guys to work on during this time where, you know, they're by themselves and don't have uh, coaches to instruct them? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm on Zoom calls every day, um, which, I, I mean, I am, um, whether it's between players or, or, or coaches or, I mean, we've some of the coaches have, have talked to, like, Navy SEALs about what they do and how they do things, how they teach. Um, I, we We've had a book club. We've we've read two books. We've we've read uh, Mindset by Carol Dweck and um, the the book about the All Blacks, um, the New Zealand uh, rugby team. So we're constantly in contact, and, and I mean it's tough. It's tough right now. Like we have guys that can get into facilities, and then we have other guys that that have no access to anything. So it's like you can't give them plans to be you know go out and work on stuff because some guys can't do anything. So basically, what I do is I just you know, once a week I catch up with them. Um, they send me any video like the other day, Adley sent me some video of him facing a live guy. Um, you know, a couple other guys, we're, we're just constantly kind of trading back and forth with video and, and talking about, you know, mechanic stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean, we've even set up where they can watch, um, like live pitchers on TV, on their TV and they can just sit there and, and, and it's like coming from the pitcher's side. So it's like, it's a real pitcher and they just got to work on their timing to, to, uh, you know, see live pitching because we, we just got to be creative. I mean, um, anything is better than nothing at this point. Yeah. So yeah. I, asked, I asked Tommy, I play in this wiffle ball tournament every year and I asked Tommy if he could work on my swing. And he just said, YouTube Ken Griffey swing. <laughs> Thanks buddy. <laughs> Nice, nice. Me personally, I never played uh, baseball. I I have played softball one one season, and I think I have the slowest swing known to mankind. Um, I'm guessing after hearing your ex- explanations, it's because I'm I'm only using my arms and not putting any other part of my body into it. But like I said, I've never been coached or told what to do. I'm just. I'm just a joke out there, kind of. Well, it's funny, too, because, like, even when you're just using your arms, it, it comes down to, like, pressure points and things like that, like, where you're strongest. Like, we always talk about guys pulling a bow back. You don't see guys pull a bow back up here or, like, or like down here like this. And that's Clint Eastwood right there. No, that's but, like, shirt. <laughs> you don't ever see him, like, pull a bow back down here because it's not a strong point. So, like, that's our scap load with our swing. Like, we want to be able to keep our hands at our shoulder for the most part of the swing and not drop them down. So like a lot of guys, they'll see hitters drop their hands, but they don't realize that those hands come back up to turn. So um, even that, you know what I mean? Like little stuff, you can see my kid in the background. Yeah, (laughs) see him spying on dad. (laughs) That's great, that's great. Um, So yeah, so you've been working with him already at his age. Throwing the uh, he can't walk yet. So once he can walk, then then it's on. Okay. Dude, you got to just throw balls at him, man. That's what yeah. I do with my kid. He, I've been rolling, unbelievable. I've been yeah. rolling balls at him, trying to get him to throw them back to me. He just kind of like throws them down. So that's it, man. He'll get there. That's cool, man. Nice. Yeah. I I want to remind everybody you're listening to Bring It In on WRUU savannah georgia 107.5 hit us up on instagram or twitter at bring it in show for all your sports questions comments give us a call at 912-712-5077 all right so now um i want to thank you tom for joining us um 
this last 15 minutes you're you're totally welcome to stay if you want we're gonna go through the the week three nfl season something we've been doing the past two two weeks just i mean we have no clue what's going on we don't know nobody's seen anybody practice well we've seen some guys practicing uh by themselves but we're just 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 throwing darts at the wall and seeing seeing who who gets the uh picks right and who gets them wrong so um we're gonna run through that and like i said thank you for joining us you're you're welcome to stay um it's been awesome talking to you and hearing everything you have uh had to let us know and offer and man we'd we'd love to get you back in here uh and just pick your brain more and more because uh you know so much about the game and uh yeah, it's it's been awesome growing up around you and <laughs> and just seeing your journey to uh, where you are right now. And Appreciate uh, it. the way that we see it, it it doesn't look like the journey's anywhere close to the end. So that's pretty awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, good luck, man. We really appreciate you coming on. No, I appreciate having me. Um, I'll hit you up later on. Yeah, yeah, do that. All right. All right, I'll talk to you guys. All see right. You. So, starting here with the first game, um, we'll try to make this quick. Uh, we have the Dolphins at the Jaguars. Chris, who are you picking? Dolphins at the Jaguars. Ah. Uh, Ooh. Jeez, you're starting it off. All right, I'll make my pick. Yeah, Dolphins. Yeah. I'm going with the Dolphins. I'm a Dolphins fan this year. Not really, but I'm picking them. Jamie? Man, they got to go with the Dolphins, too. Yeah, I just got to. All right, Jeff? Uh, Gardner Minshew for the win. Jags. Chris? I'm I'm going to go with the Jags. All right, sounds good. Two for the Dolphins, two for the Jags. All right, we have that that, uh, football team up in Washington, D.C. going up against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Who do you guys have? I'm going to go out on a limb. Either way is a limb. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I'm going to go with Washington, D.C.'s football team, the D.C. Defenders. Jeff? They'd have a better chance than the Skins. Uh, I got to go with the Browns on this one. Uh, I think there'll be a bounce back year for them. Yeah, They had a rough one last year, but uh, they'll come back. All right, Jamie. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Browns on this one too. I don't, I don't. They, they they're gonna be better than last year, the Browns, and I just don't see the Redskins. They gotta be better. this year. Yeah, Chris? I'm I'm gonna go with the Skins. All right, three Skins, one Browns. Um. All right, now we got the Las Vegas Raiders at the Patriots. I'm gonna go with the Raiders on this one because the Patriots, I just don't know what they're doing in the life. Jamie? All right, I'm going to go with the Patriots here because this will be week three. They'll be in New England. They will have a moment when they figure some things out in this season for a game or two. So, Patriots. All right, Chris? I'm going to go with the Raiders. All right, sounds good. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, I'm going with the Raiders too. I think they're going to I think they're gonna go like 13-3 uh, and three this year, man. Mm. Or, what, what, yeah, 13-3. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm marking that down, and when we get down, yeah, we'll down to the last man. week, let's, oh yeah, we'll, we'll throw some old trapper on there. We've that's got the old it. trapper. Yeah, oh. they can't spit or anything anymore. Now they're well, early, like man. he, that's he said he would on. join. He said he would join back. So, so you can still ask him. We'll, we'll try to get him back. Too professional. That was later. Hey, hey, you you are professional. All right, we're going with the Rams versus the Bills. I am going to go with the Bills because they have loaded up those offensive weapons. Jeff? Yeah, I'm with you. Bills on this one for sure. Sweet, Jamie. Rams are in a downward spiral, I think. I'm a, yeah, I'll hop on the bandwagon. Let's go with the Bills. 
All right. And Chris. I've been, for, I've been looking for a situation like this where I can move up and pass you guys. I'm going to take the Rams on this one. Okay. Okay. Nice. I see. You're playing the game. You're playing the yep. game to win. Yep. All right. Now we got the Titans versus the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Titans, that rushing attack. Jeff? That should be a good game. Um, yeah. I like the Titans on this one, too. Yep. I'm, I'm, t I'm taking the Titans too. I like Henry's on my fantasy squad. He's my keeper. Henry. Uh, I was gonna say, how do you know? How do you know? Dude, I got him like in the fifth round, I think. Ooh, That's nice. nice all right, all right, Jamie. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna join you guys. I'll take the Titans on that one too. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Then we go down to the Jets at the Colts. I'm gonna go with the Colts on this one, just because I don't know if the Jets are gonna have it right by now. Jeff? Uh, yeah, this this should be a pretty good game, too. I think the Jets are going to be getting better at this point. But, yeah, I'll go Colts. I like I like Phillip Rivers. Okay. Chris? I'll go, I'll go with the Colts also. Oh, all right. Yeah, I guess I'm feeling a little re rebellious this week. I'm going to take the Jets on that game. Ooh. Ooh, are you saying that just to make your brother happy? I might be. He all might right. be listening. So. <laughs> I don't think we know what we're going to get out of the Jets this year. They, you they know, could they were be supposed good. to be good last year, and their whole season went to hell. So, yeah, and, it could be good. And we don't know how the Colts are going to be. All right. Yeah. We're, yeah. Go we're going. Let's try to make this a little bit faster. we got, got ten, nine minutes left. Lions, Cardinals. I'm gonna jump on that Cardinals bandwagon this season. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, I'm with you on that Cardinals in that game. All right, sounds good, Jeff. Uh, I'm jumping on any team that's playing the Lions. So yeah, Cardinals. Cool. Yep, I'll go Cardinals also. All right, awesome. Then we go down to the Packers at the Saints. I'm I'm kind of all in for a while on the Saints. Um, Drew Brees just has too many options over what Aaron Rodgers has, even though I think Aaron Rodgers might be a better quarterback. Jamie? I like the Saints in this one as well. Cool. Jeff? I'll go opposite. I'll take the, the Packers, man. All right. And Chris? I'll take the Saints. Oh, yeah. Ooh. All right. Now we're going over to 49ers versus the Giants. I think this might be a, a shutout by us, and we're going to – I'm going with the 49ers. Jamie? That seems like the right play, 49ers week three. Chris? Uh, let's go with the Giants. All right. Nice. Chris making moves. Uh, no, risking Jeff? it all, man. That's it. That's your season at Niners. All right. Then we're going to the Bengals at the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles because the Bengals, I just no protection for Joe. Um, Chris? I'm going to go with... Uh, Let's go with the Bengals. Jeff? Uh, should be a pretty decent game, but yeah, Eagles, I think they get a pretty solid, solid squad this year. Yep, going with the Eagles. All right. Then we're down to the Bears versus the Falcons. I'm gonna, I'm hoping that we get the Falcons coming back and they're not losing those leads this year. Um, so I'm hoping the Falcons win this one. Uh, Chris? Oh, yeah. The Falcons. We'll take the Falcons over that. All right. Jeff? I'm going Falcons, too, but I could easily see the Bears winning this game if uh, one of their quarterbacks plays starts playing well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'll take the Falcons it's, on it's, this. Uh, what, what the Bears need to do is make Trubisky the starter and then just let Nick Foles come in and win on the Super Bowl. Um, so it, then we're going to the Texans versus the Steelers. Um, I'm going with the Steelers in this one just because, I mean, the Texans, I feel like every time I hear about them, they're trying to get rid of another good player. By week three, they may not have their quarterback anymore. Jamie? Uh, this one's a no-brainer for me. I'm all, I'm all in on the Steelers, black and gold. I figured that. Chris? <laughs> I'm going to go with the uh, Texans. All right, and Jeff? I'm with, I'm with Gary. Texans. Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to the Panthers versus the Chargers. Um, I'm going with the Panthers in this one. Um, Christian McCaffrey is going to have 2,000 yards in this game, and that's the only person on the Panthers team that's going <laughs> to hit the field. Jamie? I'm going to go ahead and reach out on the Chargers. 
Okay. I just don't like the way the Panthers look. Yeah. Chris? I'll do the uh, Chargers. All right. And Jeff? Yeah, I'm going Chargers, too. It must be a West Coast game, right? Yep. It is a West Coast game. This will be one of their four wins, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now we're down up in Washington to see the Cowboys play the Seahawks. I'm going with the Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson, that's all I got to say. Chris? Uh, I'll go with the Cowboys. Okay, Jeff? It hurts to say that. <laughs> yeah. I, man, this is a tough one. I got to go Seahawks, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, yeah, if the Game. Seahawks end up getting Antonio Brown, I'm taking the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I, I forgot. I forgot. That's what Russell Wilson was talking about this this week. He wants a B, huh? Yeah, he does. All right, Chris. Then we got the Buccaneers versus the Broncos. I'm going oh, yeah. with the Bucks because that's a lot of weapon power. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Gronkowski's gonna have two touchdowns. Uh, Mike Evans with one. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blowout. But yeah, Tampa Bay's winning this one. All right, Jeff. I see. Yeah, I see Tampa Bay blowing them out. They're gonna have it all together at this point. All Week right. three, they're ready. Well, I think this is gonna end up being the game that Brady gets knocked out for the season. Mm. I'm taking the Broncos. <laughs> Rough. All right, all right. And now for the Monday game of the week, we're going to call this one. We got game of the year. Game of the year until they meet up again, hopefully, hopefully. Um, We got the Chiefs in Baltimore going up against the Ravens. Um, Nice week three game. Chris, who are you taking? Uh, I'm going for Baltimore. Yeah, Jeff. Smart move, Gary. Yeah, no. got to go with my Ravens. Uh, this is going to be the game Monday night. We don't screw up under the lights at home, man. We 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 torch people now. Unless you're playing the Titans in the playoffs, but that was, that was an <laughs> earlier afternoon game. I think later afternoon. <laughs> yeah, Jamie. I'm gonna go with the. Uh, I'm gonna take the Ravens. They're looking pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, this is gonna be. Really one of the best games of the year, like you said, Jeff, as especially if both teams come in high powered offense and feeling really good, looking good. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with Yeah, you guys knew what I was gonna pick. I'm going with the Ravens because I mean I have seen so many videos of Hollywood Brown and Lamar Jackson working out down in Florida throughout this whole pandemic um it almost seems like they have been sheltering in place together um and man the connection that they're getting just on a field with nobody else it it looks awesome and then add in mark jackson um or not mark jackson uh mark (laughs) andrews and um man it they they look like a team that that's ready to catch fire so i'm gonna pick the ravens for that one um yeah man i mean you you've got like you've got one of the the best tight end in the league right now in, in um kelsey and then uh mark andrews he's really stepping it up I, like the that that battle is going to be great see how the two of them play uh the quarterback battle is going to be incredible i mean Mahomes and Jackson are freaking incredible. Both of them are two of the top quarterbacks as far as electricity goes. Uh, I, the running back game for the Chiefs is always good. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that. And uh, Jeff, Chris, I want to thank you guys for joining us uh, on the Zoom call. As always, now uh, it, it's great. Had a had a had a good show. Jamie, thanks for coming into studio and everybody out there. Thank you for listening. Remember, we're here every Monday, 11 a.m. to 12 o'clock noon. And always stay tuned to 107.5. 
You're listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. WRUU.org, Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. The viewpoints expressed in the preceding program were not necessarily those of WRUU, its license holder, or its staff.